Today is Wednesday, June 20th. We are about a third into the worst World Cup ever. Um, got some storylines going on. Going to recap the group stage. But I will say that the worst World Cup ever, still the greatest sporting event on Earth. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing how this is so much better than any other event going on. Uh, golf's one, one of their four major tournaments was this last weekend, and I honestly couldn't give a shit because and I, I actually normally do give a shit about the majors, but golf was golf is golf happens every year, World Cups every four years. And um, Donnie forgot to mention in our intro that this is own goal pod. So uh, welcome back all of our listeners. Glad to have you here. Got uh, some exciting stuff to, to kind of go over. I think the plan for today's episode is, Overview of the uh, you know major storylines from the the first round of group stage, and then we're going to recap the different groups, and then we'll get to our our mailbag from our listeners. But first, Iran to play it, and it's an own goal. Would you believe it? What a finish to this game! And it's a nightmare. Donnie, I just gotta say, we we picked the right um, title for a podcast, seeing as this is going to be known as the World Cup of Own Goals. I think the previous uh, record for, or the, the standing record for Own Goals in a World Cup is six. We're currently at five Own Goals scored with 40 games left to be played. No, that record is ours, and I'm I'm claiming this for the podcast. Like you and I, this is our record. Thank if, you. I hope that own goals is the top goal scorer of the World Cup because that means they have to legally send the golden boot to you and I. Yeah, and and we're gonna ask them to split. You know, we, it's two golden boots, right, left and right. I'll let you pick which which foot you want. But they're right. gonna, they're, you're, everyone everyone knows I've never had a left foot. <laughs> And I've been, I'm, I'm definitely known for my ambidextrous left foot, of course. You uh, scored more goals with your left foot than with your right. That's true. That's an intramural soccer throwback right there. Kip, Neil, I'm sure you're going to enjoy listening to that. Uh, but, yeah, we just got some overarching themes. Um, like you said, own goal competing for the, uh, the golden boot right now. The, uh, its top competitor is Ronaldo uh, with four goals. We'll get to him a little bit later. A um, couple other things to take away from. I know you've been really excited and impressed with what you've seen by the, the host nation. Yeah, dude, Russia looks fucking lit. It is, it is go time. You know, in all seriousness, like we we talked a little bit about the beginning of how like you know we've been sitting that this is the worst World Cup ever and we've been shitting on it and all that. But like once it actually starts, I realize like that the World Cup is the greatest sporting event on earth, and like if you. You're just, that's like not an opinion thing to me. That's just like, a, it's just, it. it just is. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got the, you know, it happens every four years, just the, the intense fervor of the, of the fans. Um, I mean, you look at the fans that have traveled all across the world to see their teams play, getting just fucking hype. But also you see, like, we've been giving shit about this world cup for a couple of reasons. You know, Fox really not doing a good job with their coverage outside of our boy, Stu Holden. Um, we love you, Stu. We love you, Stu. Uh, one day we'll be a fan of the podcast. I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and we had big problems with how Russia won this World Cup. 
But that that is nothing that has nothing to do with the actual you know citizen the Russian citizens and the fans of the team and the sport and they are doing a great job. Uh, I also saw something today that in Moscow places are at risk of running out of beer. Um, well, and so I saw that too. And I, here's my thing about that, right? I actually think that like like if I'm a Russian guy, I'm thinking like. You know, why are all you people drinking beer? Like, you need to be hitting up the hard liquor, the vodka. I don't think they have portion right because they figured, oh, everyone's like them. They just fucking down, you know, vodka 24-7 and hard liquor. So I just think they didn't allocate oh, resources I, well. No, I think, I, think that, I think that's exactly right. Like, like you know, when I posted our, our World Cup preview episode, I, I made that little, whole little spiel about, you know, brush off, you know, take out your vodka. Let's, let's, um, I think, good point. Also, like, some of the other cities, not Moscow, but the smaller, smaller cities, um, are having a similar issue, and one of them, the I can't remember where it is, but it's where Australia are, were playing. They mm. said that the Australian fans themselves, all they do is just watch soccer and drink beer, and that's it. Like if if, if, if Australia is playing, they're drinking beer. If any other country is playing, they're in the bars just drinking beer, and they weren't they weren't prepared for this amount of uh, of beer drinking, especially by some of these uh, other countries. Well, and you got like I said, from the Russian perspective, like they were just breastfed with beer. To them, like beer is just like breast milk. Like they're not, they're not gonna touch that shit once they turn like two years old. I don't know where you're getting your facts from, <laughs> but um, I know you have a, a special take on uh, that, that hits closer to home for the the viewers uh, in the states. Yes. So if you've been watching the World Cup, which if you haven't, like, what the fuck are you doing? Or why are you listening to this podcast if you haven't? <laughs> no, no, no matter what, still listen to the podcast. <laughs> Eric, we're not at the point where we can discourage listeners. But Volkswagen is running this commercial where it's like, oh, America, like, we know you're not in the World Cup. And then it's like a Volkswagen car full of, like, people from Switzerland or Brazil, like, giving their plug as to why they should, uh, why, we, as Americans, we should root for their country. And it's just like, how did we let this on the airwaves? Like, what's the FCC fucking doing? Like, how this it, it pisses me off every time. They're insulting our nation every single time. You know what? It seems to me that there's a theme, and we'll touch on this, like, I don't know, halfway through this episode. But there's a theme of people or entities selling out America for, uh, for money in the World Cup. And uh, mm. that's foreshadowing of, of things to come in the future. Um, but you know, we've got some, just some other takeaways too. Uh, as we mentioned, um, you know, refs have been instructed to make more calls about shenanigans in the box on corners and set pieces. Um, ridiculous, ridiculous, like short of actually throwing a closed fist punch. Like, I don't even care if you slap someone or grab their nuts short of a closed fist punch or like a karate kick or something like that. No foul should ever be called in the box. Yeah, was that what? was that that Croatia PK right against Nigeria? Yes. Yeah, the guy right. just had him wrapped up, which is like you, that. That's that happens every time there's a cross or a corner kick yeah. into the box on a set play. That's like that's like the fact that you could call holding on every single play in football, right? You know, it's like if you look for it close enough, you're going to see something like that. There's a uh, an expected higher threshold needed of contact for a PK to be called on a corner or a set piece. So I, I definitely agree that that I was not a fan of that that PK call. Interestingly enough though, in that um Tunisia Tunisia Egypt or England game, Harry Kane got like chokeholded from behind and on, on a corner with no call. So it doesn't seem like every ref is is kind of following suit. And I, I agreed with that no call by that ref. Um, but 
we need some sort of, you know. Consistency. Yeah, I'm blanking on that word. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But I don't know. I guess err on the side of caution. So now here's what I really want to talk about. From the, from its inception, I have said that VAR is horrible and it's going to lead to more penalties and probably more red cards. Not so sure on the red card part of things. But <laughs> let's talk about and it's a big, and it's a big but. As we're filming this or taping this, whatever we're doing, there have been 20 games, 10 penalties, and four of those 10 were VAR. Let me throw out some numbers for you. In the 2017-18 Premier League season, the average rate of a penalty being awarded was 0.2. One out of every five games, 0.2. The current average rating of penalties given at this World Cup is 0.5. But if you take away the ridiculous VAR penalties, that 0.5 drops to a much better 0.3. Yeah, I I completely. I mean, we've been saying this from the the beginning of of, of, of this podcast. Okay, okay. I'd like to take you to a time before the podcast, a time when VAR was being introduced to Syria, and I asked you how you feel about it, and you said, and I'm almost quoting you here. Oh, anything for the game to be refed more accurately. Prove it. That- Prove I said that. Yeah, you know you said that. I I I don't agree. I I believe I said with some sort of caveat. That you know, I don't know. It seems like you're making up. It means like you're safe making up some bullshit right here to paint me in this this you know pro var light. Whereas, let's see here. You picked France to be your winner of the uh, of the World Cup, and who was the first? Who, who set history by being the first team to benefit from a var awarded penalty kick? I believe it was France against Australia. I see what you're doing. You're trying to make everybody think that I'm Mr. Provar while you're back in the VAR war room. You may, Maybe you're photoshopping my face in those images, but it's actually you in there, and you're the one pulling all the strings. I'm on to you. Oh. Uh, you, you must be fucking joking me right now. <laughs> I feel like we, need, I feel like we, should, we should apologize for that really awkward um, couple of minutes of last episode where we got really heated on the fucking FIFA rankings. Yeah, we had, there had to be a, some uh, off re- unrecorded apologies exchange after that. So we will we, we, we will, try we'll try to keep our cool. We we will not we will not say who apologized to who first. Um, but <laughs> when we li- when we listened to that again, we thought, wow, that was just a really awkward couple of minutes. So uh, actually, speaking of the pod in general, curse. We've talked about the own goals. I'm calling it now. Is the podcast cursed? A lot of the shit that we've predicted and wanted to happen, <laughs> it's not that it's just like not happening. It's that it's colossally exploding. The first example is the obvious one. Our podcast is named Own Goal. Own Goals are the leader of the Golden Boot right now. Let's look at let's now. Let's look at our picks to win the World Cup. <laughs> well, then again, get into more detail, but. France was France needed a fucking bullshit VAR penalty to beat Australia, and Germany lost well, to France, Mexico. France needed a VAR penalty and an own goal to, to beat Australia, and then and then yeah, Germany shit the bed royally against Mexico. 
David De Gea, who <laughs> I picked. We both we both picked. We both picked for the Golden Gloves. Did the most like he didn't have a single error in the 2017-18 Premier League season, and then just decided to shit the bet. And, and then my backup Golden Gloves pick, um, Fabianski, didn't play for Poland. Yeah, I've my, played the same amount of World Cup games this this World Cup as Fabianski. As my Golden Gloves. My, 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 my pick was De Gea, but if I couldn't go with the obvious, here's a, a pick I kind of liked. And that was also my Dark Horse pick, Poland. And out the gate, they just were not ready. We're going to go into all this more. But yeah, I mean... We, we've well documented that I myself am cursed for this World Cup cycle. You know, the top four teams I wanted to, to, to pull for it didn't qualify. Then <laughs> the team that I have money on in Vegas to win the whole thing loses to Mexico. And this is all this, all this horrible shit. Um, but so, keep an eye on the curse of the pod going forward. Yeah, and, and kind of falling in line with that, for this um, first time in the same World Cup that Brazil, Germany and Argentina failed to win their opening matches. I would also like to point out that those were three of last last World Cup's four semifinalists. Yeah, and I think those are three of the top six favorites going into this one. Yep. I think so, Argentina's, yeah, favorite fifth or sixth. I think they might be the fifth, actually. So those would be three of the top five. Yeah. So uh, if you had to pick just your, your best group games, group stage games so far. I mean... The, there's so one far, obvious. There's one obvious. That's like I think yeah, above the rest. So far, I have to say that the Ronaldo and the flying Ronaldos versus I'm not calling them Portugal anymore. They don't. They don't deserve that <laughs> title. Just Ronaldo versus Spain was an incredible game. That was such a good game. Yeah, I believe it had everything. It had everything in it. I believe, according to the Own Gold Twitter account, this game is everything. Um, and if you if you guys don't follow Own Goal. Um, at own goal pod, I believe, right? It's at own goal pod. Um, during during the games and, and during this World Cup, there have been some. You know, we're we're tweeting some things out. We're we're maybe having some polls and and just there's a really funny uh, Eric Cantona imitating Neymar's uh, haircut. So you guys, pasta on his head. It's pretty pretty yeah, good. Check check out the uh, the own goal uh, uh, Twitter. Uh, another game that I, that you know I, I agree that game was the that may have been the best group stage game I've ever seen just in a pure you know just soccer fandom you know not not looking into American bias. Um, oh okay okay fair. Uh, then another game that I, I thought was a really enjoyable game even though I fucking hated it was Germany Mexico. That was a hell of a game. That was, dude. That, that was that was a tactical great great tactical decisions by Juan Carlos Osorio. Um, re- really, really enjoyable. And then I know that you, um, your soft spot for the, for the, um, the host country, man, dude, I'm just saying the way Russia is playing they're they're just attacking you. They're not doing tiki taka. They're not playing counterattack necessarily. They just, yeah. when they have the ball, they just fucking drive at you. And it's just awesome to see them just ripping goals, seeing their fans. Like they've already qualified, which is fucking fantastic for them. Like that's what I wanted. I always want the host country to at least get out of the group stage. I fucking love the way Russia are playing. Like I'm borderline a communist at this point. <laughs> yeah, and this, this. So now we're going to jump into our our kind of you know rundown of, of the groups. We might not go over everything in detail, but just some things that kind of stood out. And and you know Russia, the way they're playing is the is the perfect kind of way to open that up. I've been really impressed with Denis Shiroshev and uh, and Golovin, the the young kid who is now apparently being looked at by Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus. 
So here's here's a an early favorite for the uh, this year's Jaimez Rodriguez, you know, out of nowhere um, candidate. Which I promise you, like, nobody outside of the Kremlin predicted that that guy was going to get this award. Yeah, but those, it's those, impossible to make these predictions, man. Those two guys are, are playing really exciting, you know, soccer. They're, they're running at defenders. They're moving the ball. And then I think it was a great call where uh, the second game they subbed in uh, or they brought in Juba as their starting striker. That guy's got some the, size. The big dude? The big dude who can who can settle the ball in the air with his feet as well. I mean, he, he had a nice play on their goal. He killed Apollo Creed in Rocky IV. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, so Russia playing really well. Uh, Uruguay, the out-and-out favorite to win this group from the start. They've won both their games, but I don't I – don't, they're not impressing me in the slightest. Uh, did they get lucky? Because it's like – in both games, okay, they get an 89th-minute goal, and, uh, you know, in the first game against Egypt, and Egypt, you know, Egypt without, totally Egypt without Mo Salah, mind you. I think I think your guy's most important player has been Champions League Sergio Ramos. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if, if, if uh, Uruguay keep Egypt off the score sheet with a healthy Mo Salah playing 90 minutes in that game. I think that's a fair point. And then in the uh, second match against Saudi Arabia, they got Oof. Oof. What, they got one goal on a goalie just totally flubbing Four the corner, wonder. just totally missing it. It's a tap-in for Suarez. Like player like that, like, I mean, a scrub isn't going to make that, you know, might fuck it up. But Suarez is a fucking great striker. He's going to score that 100 out of 100 times. Uh, well, 99 out of 100 yeah, if he's he missed, fighting something. Yeah. <laughs> um. But... Besides that, I mean, if you watch the game, Saudi Arabia had chances to score. Saudi Arabia was giving them. So I kind of wonder, are Uruguay a little lucky to have already qualified? I, I think they are. They're definitely lucky to have already qualified. I think they were always going to qualify. But the way they've played really felt to me like a, in any other group, they would they would have to have to do something in their third, their third game. Um, you know, that being said, I'm, I'm really bummed to see Egypt uh, not, not make it out. I, I have, maybe I'm biased, but I have to believe if, if they had a health, a fully healthy 100% Mo Salah, there's a very good chance that, that, what, that, that first game kind of breaks a different way and gives them a third game to have something to play for. So I'm just really bummed because, I mean, I've, we've watched this guy all season long. Um, he's exciting to play, to see play, and I'm just bummed that we won't get more of him in meaningful games because their, their last game has no meaning. Uh, yeah, both Egypt and Saudi Arabia are already out, so it's funny in that game that that's just about pride and yeah. you know at that point. And then the other game, you're Brian Russia, that's for having the first seed, you know, getting, finishing first in your group for the knockout rounds. And that game is huge, and Ru- that game's going to be badass. Russia has beaten both the shared opponents by a much you know easier margin, and you know just by the eye test looked much better against the, the shared opponents, and they're at home. I. Yeah. I if I had to put money on it right now, I'd say Russia win this group, wins this group. Well, also, with the goal difference, Russia just needs a tie, a tie. too. Yep. But they've not had to play Luis Suarez or Edison Cavani. And, oh, my God, Edison Cavani's pecs, dude. Like, his <laughs> nipples are piercing through his shirt. What in the fuck? <laughs> just, it's, he terrifies me. Well, I think I think um, when, when Neymar basically came into PSG and took uh, tried, tried to take – penalties away from Cavani, Cavani had to, had to even buff up even more than he was before to just push Neymar back. I think, I think, I think that's, that's why he's even more ripped than, than normal. Or maybe it's a, I think, what, is a Uruguay a Puma kit? 
because those Puma those Puma cuts are look at Arsenal um, the, the last couple of years those, those kits run real tight. Um, I would not look good in an XXXL <laughs> Puma kit. Uh, um, last last bit on this group A, because you know I have a couple we have a couple of fan stories in here. So on their opening match in for the Uruguay um, Uruguay Egypt game, every school in Uruguay was closed. So kids could just watch the game. That's awesome. And that is so That's fucking so cool. cool. Yeah. We can't even get Monday after the Super Bowl off in our country. Thanks, Donald. Yeah, but, like, I mean, why would you – Monday after the Super Bowl, that's not a – that's not, like, only only one team wins the Super Bowl, whereas this is, makes more sense seeing as it's the entire country. That being said, we wouldn't get the entire day off if the U.S. were playing in the World Cup. So um, I, I definitely agree. <laughs> um, now, moving on to, to Group B – a uh, couple, couple things before before we dive really deep into the the one aspect of Group B that we want to really dissect. Uh, let's just have a, a th- you know a quick shout out to the the Morocco head coach. Yeah, that dude is fucking hot. <laughs> He's. I know you, there, you, you have something that that you compare him to. To me, he looks like he's Sean Bean's like model brother. So Sean Bean is like Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. So when you said it the first time, like I didn't really give you much of a response because I thought Sean Bean in my mind was Sean Penn. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But then like like maybe like two minutes ago, like I really thought about who Sean Bean was and I remembered. And then like, no, that's absolutely spot on. So I apologize for telling you to go fuck yourself in my head yesterday. <laughs> but um, I think he looks like Okay, you know the the douchebag prince from Shrek? Yeah, Lord Farquaad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Lord Farquaad is the short one. Oh, who? I'm. Oh, the Shrek two, the Prince Charming in Shrek two. Oh, oh, gotcha. Wow. Okay. Prince Charming in Shrek two, Jamie Lannister, <laughs> and fucked each other and had a super hot semi CGI baby. Sometimes I don't even know if the Moroccan head coach is not CGI. He's too hot. He's hot. And yeah, we just want. We, I mean, we're bummed that that he's out of the out of the. Morocco is officially eliminated being on uh, on zero points when the other three teams have – well, two teams have four points, and, and then Iran has three points. So Morocco's out. Um, but we just want to give that, that dude a shout-out. He is a, a very handsome man. Um, that being said, what we really want to talk about in Group B, that opening game on, on last Friday, Spain-Portugal, I've, I'm unofficially dubbing it the uh, Holy Balls game. It had everything. Listen, that game, I mean, we talked about it before, was fucking incredible to watch. Just an absolute, like, people say, like, soccer's boring and, oh, soccer can end in a tie. Okay, fucking watch that tie and tell me, what's is that more exciting or some team winning 45 fucking 7 week 8 of the NFL? Yeah, and, and, you know, the one thing that I follow a lot of, you know, soccer personalities and stuff, and one thing that, that a lot of them say is, you know, soccer is like an allegory for life. And this had every aspect of life in it. You can look at it just from Nacho's perspective, going against, you know, his, his teammate, Cristiano Ronaldo. And also Nacho's only in the game because Carvajal is out with an injury. So this is the backup guy. He wants to prove himself, wants to show that he has a place in the starting 11. And like, what, fifth minute in, Ronaldo, step, three, minute, three, three, minutes, three minutes in, Ronaldo step over into the box. There's contact. Ronaldo goes down a little bit. As he's known to do, but there was some contact, and he, you know what, it worked. 
So I was explaining this to one of our buddies, Matt Klitsch, who thought like that shouldn't have been a penalty. And here's why to me, I agree he goes down easily, but it is a penalty. A step over is designed to either blow past somebody or get them to stick a leg out. Yeah. And when you stick your leg out and you get good leg to leg contact, and I agree, Ronaldo went down easily. I'm not saying he did it. That's that's a penalty. I don't think you can disagree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, I think it's the right call. I, I I don't like the idea of people, you know, going down when they can stay up, but at the same time if there's, if there's contact, there's contact. Um but it's, you know, so Nacho completely fucks up, gets gets kind of beat more than a couple of times, especially on the Portuguese counters all game, but then but then just the, his own story has that absolute cracker of a volley off of I think it was off of like a, a corner kick that bounced out or something and I mean, that ball never goes high. It reminded me of the Jermaine Jones goal um, last World Cup against Portugal. Just, yep. You know, that kind of absolute perfect one-in-a-million strike. And and, and he, he's now the hero because that gave them the lead, I believe. Yeah, no. That was insane. And then, you know, we look at another player, Ronaldo. Criticized about his performances for Portugal. So what does he do in 2016? He fucking drags them limping in after the final. Well, he, 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 he also coaches them to a, he coaches them to a Euro. Uh, yeah, he, he absolutely <laughs> coaches them today in the game today you mean, yeah. against Morocco. There was a moment at, like halftime, and then their coach Santos immediately starts just talking to Ronaldo, covering his mouth, and I swear to God, he was asking. What do we? What adjustments do we make it after? Like I just know in my bones that's what he's asking. <laughs> but besides the point, you see Ronaldo just fucking have a heck of a hat trick. I mean penalty, yeah, and then De Gea's bobble. I oh my god! I mean this, like, like I mean we, we can't say it enough. This game literally had everything. You had the pure like magic of Nacho's strike. You had the you know the. Expected but unexpected. Ronaldo puts the T on his back. Has what I call Ronaldo hat trick, where it's a, a PK, a free play goal, and then a free kick goal. Uh, then you have De Gea, who, as we mentioned, didn't have a single er- goalkeeping error that led to a goal all Premier League season. He's been the best goalie this year in any of the leagues, and he has a Robbie Green esque blunder where he basically. Stops the ball, but then shovels it into the net anyways. Uh, it, it It's incredible. And, uh, like, who's the last player on earth? If we got all 32 starting goalies, who would have been the last one in your mind to make that error? Oh, De Gea. Hands down. Hey, hands down. And then He's, It's just insane. And then as, as loaded as this game was, we've talked for, I don't know, 10 minutes about it. We haven't mentioned Diego Costa. Dude, Diego Costa is a fucking rough rider. Diego with the with the elbow to Pepe's neck, which you know what? If it had been any other, well, like most other center backs, I would have been pretty upset that that wasn't given as a as a you know an offensive foul. But the way Pepe plays, that's that's just that's just treating like with like. That's fire with fire. Dude, that game had so many thug players in it. That's just <laughs> thug on thug. Like those two are both thugs. Um, Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos. Danny Carvajal, and then my favorite, Charisma? William oh. Coutinho, Slick Willie. Okay, what, but what about Charisma with the with the with the teardrop, you know, to two? Oh, he did come in. He did he, come he, in. He subbed in. He subbed in. No, that, that game, like yeah, that game had had so much just going on. Um, kind of some takeaways I had, not 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 just about the game, but 
you know, a lot of people were, were – I was reading articles and hearing people talk about how the goals that, that Spain gave up were kind of, you know, freak goals, not your standard goals. You had a, a PK, a free kick, a miraculous free kick, um, and then you had a, a goalkeeper error by a goalie who's not going to make that mistake again. So people are saying they're not that worried about Spain moving forward, and I agree on that defensive end. Yeah, that wasn't as concerning, but when I looked at the, the offense they scored, you had two – very non-Spain-esque goals in Diego, in Di- both Diego Costa's goals, and then Nacho's goal is not going to recreate itself. So I was looking at that thinking, you know, a lot of people were, were saying Costa in this tiki-taka Spanish style doesn't fit. I think he's he's crucial for, without him, they lose this game. Who's going to score if they don't have Diego Costa? Well, their they're, they're mids, you know, Isco and, and David Silva can score when they have the perfect build-up, you know, connection and plays. Then, yeah, but, but, but the thing is, those guys have to dribble, physically ex- dribble the ball into the net. Exactly. They don't, they don't have – they need Costa, who's the only guy that's able to, you know, throw an elbow to Pepe and just rip it. Um, you mentioned this poll that for the game today – 49% of Spain fans said pick the backup keeper over De Gea. Yeah, and what was interesting is 41% voted that they wanted to, to keep De Gea. So I want to know who the other guys vote for. <laughs> no, there's, is, definite, that there, equal there's definitely 10% missing. <laughs> Did they vote for the third string? Did they vote no goalie? <laughs> but, I mean, obviously Spain, that wasn't like a, you know, that was a thing going on in the Spanish media. The actual people involved with the Spanish national team didn't give that a, a second thought. I just thought that was incredibly reactive for a, uh, a fan base to decide, yeah, we want to bench arguably the best goalie in the world because of one mistake he made where we didn't even lose the game. Yeah, um, I agree. So I guess, you know, you watch that game. Okay. Because after that game, Ronaldo scores the hat trick. You know that everyone's eyes were kind of on Spain, on, on uh, not Spain, on Messi and Argentina the he next was day. Playing the next day, yeah. And so, I mean, we'll get here's a little bit about Ronaldo. I guess this is the one thing I'm going to say about Ronaldo versus Messi. When Messi might be more naturally talented than Ronaldo. Actually, I might say yes. I would say yes. I think, if I, I think Ronaldo's more athletic. Messi's more naturally skillful. Yeah. But for me, Ronaldo has something that Messi doesn't have. And the best way to explain this is just to say it like this. You and I were texting during the, the Holy Balls game, the 3-3 Spain-Portugal. And we both knew... It's, it's down 2-3. It's late in the game. <laughs> Ronaldo is stepping up. Short hike. Deep breath. You and I, at that moment, we text each other. We said, Ronaldo's making this free kick. Yeah. You just knew he was going to... I mean, it's not, that's not an easy free kick to hit either. And he hit it perfect. perfectly. It was perfect. It was a perfect well, free kick. What was fascinating is Ronaldo's standard free kick is less bend, more power, just rip it and, and you know kind of blow the brains out of the goalie if he tries to stop it. And he didn't have an angle for that. And he actually, the curve, the bend on this free kick, it wasn't your typical Ronaldo free kick, but it was exactly what the situation called for, which impressed me even more. And just perfect top cheddar. Oh, yeah. Some, would but, might, some might describe that free kick as sex. Yeah, I would. 
or just Ronaldo in general, but that's for another podcast episode. Um, contrast that versus Messi stepping up for a penalty. Oh man, I've, you know my thoughts on the on the penalty well, against Iceland. And I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, but I didn't have that same feeling of like absolute surety. And then it's a penalty too. Yeah, I, I do think we have to acknowledge our our bias. Uh, we are. We do we do lean more in favor of Ronaldo than we do Messi, especially you more so than me. But me as well. I was wearing a Ronaldo jersey all day um, today. But you, I mean, when when Messi stepped up to that penalty, I was like, honestly, he could miss this. Like, I I I I, I actually thought that. Uh, we're gonna dive into that when, when we get to uh, to their group and break down that game, which I was. Oh, I love Arch- I love I love Iceland. Those are my boys. Um, but. I just thought, you know, Ronaldo. The thing that really impressed me with Ronaldo is in World Cups past, he does every decision he made was basically how how am I how do I how do I score how do I do this awesome play? It's all about me. Starting in the in the Euro uh, 2016, and then in this in this Spain game especially, he was coming back. He was helping relieve pressure. He was passing up decent a decent shot to set up a wide open teammate. Uh, that striker, I think it was Guedes. I, I, uh, number 17, who completely bungled the fucking wide-open shot. Holy but shit. Ronaldo was making plays to set his teammates up to win the game. And and then he's, and then on top of that, he's still carrying the team. Yeah, too. of course, of course. I mean, he's still going to get his. Um, so, the, one thing on that I wanted to mention real quick, and then I think we should move on to Group C, uh, is that, and you saw it in both games, and Ronaldo doesn't get enough credit for this. The amount of times he's in his own box on set pieces and corners, his defensive box. Oh, winning the headers. He is rising above everyone else to head the ball so away. So athletic. I mean, well, huh? bi- biologically, he's only 24, so it would make sense that he's still so athletic, right? Fucking insane. All, All right, right. Oh, see. So I, before, before you do go on, there's one thing I found really interesting. So both Spain and Portugal won their second games 1-0. So they tied they tied three three against each other one one zero, and if the third games they both win by the same scoreline, so if they were both to win one zero again or something something of the like, it would be a tie uh, for first and second with on on points. They'd be tied on goal differential. They would be tied on goal total. The next tiebreaker bunch of tiebreakers goes into. Uh, points, you know, against common, you know, against each other, all that stuff, which they would have tied because they tied each other, and they would go down to the sixth tiebreaker, which is fair play, where you are penalized for yellow cards and red cards. As it stands right now, Portugal have been given two yellow cards to Spain's one yellow card. So that's why that's why Spain re- lead the group right now. But you've got Sergio Ramos, Diego Costa. You also have uh, Car- Carvajal, who's back to starting. Um, then again, you still have Pepe, and if Ronaldo scores a goal and takes his shirt off, which he didn't do so far, but that, that's a yellow card there as well. Um, so it's fascinating, and if if the yellow card count is tied as well, they then draw for winner of the group. Okay, that's stupid. There's like five days until a knockaround. They should just fucking play again for it. I just think, I mean, the chances of, of, of them winning, both winning by the exact same scoreline and Spain picking up one more yellow than Portugal are probably not high, but it's it's definitely plausible. So that's something, we'll for that one. something to keep an eye on. Okay, group, group C. We spent way too long on, on one single game, but it was the best game. Uh, France 2, Australia 1 to open up that, that game. France setting history by 
uh, winning the first World Cup penalty assigned by VAR, Donnie's dastardly plan comes into view. No. But I am happy Antoine Griezmann finally scores because I have him winning my uh, gold <laughs> So that was nice. Um, yeah, I mean, France, the scoreline flattered France a little bit. I think a 1-1 result would have been really fair. Yeah. France didn't look great, which is worrying. But I'm not... I think they'll figure it out. I this, mean, Didier Deschamps is a moron, and I think he's a shitty coach. I honestly did, think any other coach with this team could fucking, like, wreck the next three, you, three international tournaments. And by any, any other coach, do you mean Zinedine Zidane? No, I actually think since Karim Benzema can't play for France, he should be able to coach them. <laughs> so, did you hear what Deschamps uh, said, I think, a couple days after their game? Yeah. It's, it's when Olivier Giroud is not in the lineup that we realize how much we need him. No, that's like the exact opposite. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking Francis. Start Giroux! Start Giroux! <laughs> um, one thing I want to add is that in the midst of this World Cup, Griezmann decided that he was LeBron James and had a televised oh decision. Also, Griezmann with the buzz cut does not look good. Definitely looks like a sex offender. But <laughs> Well, he looks like French Jamie Vardy, I kind of think, with the buzz cut. Like I said, like a sex offender. <laughs> Uh, but he had a decision like LeBron, which I was like, dude, you're Antoine Griezmann. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But unlike LeBron, he didn't. He chose to stay with Atletico Madrid, which I think yeah. helps helps it not look as bad since he's staying with the club. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just okay. If you knew you're staying with the club, you could have saved everybody like the concern. But you know, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, it's also, it's like, this isn't a summer where nothing's going on. Like, you have a fucking World Cup to be focused yeah, on. Yeah, um, So, it was just poor timing. And he, he said in an interview afterwards, like, I can understand why people would be frustrated with how I handled myself. Yeah, no shit. Um, I'm more interested in the uh, the game-winning goal of that France-Australia game. It was originally credited to Pogba, who made a great, you know, connection, running into the box, um, a good shot on net. And then, um, I think a day later, the next day, it was retroactively changed to an own goal, which means Donnie benefited. Donnie's pick to win the cup, not the team he's cheering for number one, but his pick to win the cup benefited from the first ever VAR PK and an own goal. Um, but more importantly, how butthurt is Pogba, do you think, over the fact that it's not his goal? I mean, I don't know, man. You have a chance to score. You have a goal in the World Cup, and the next day they take that goal away from you. How butter would anyone be? <laughs> I think some people would be more butter than others. Like Harry Kane would definitely be the most butthurt, seeing as he had to steal Christian Eriksen's goal uh, in the Premier League. So <laughs> some people, I think, would be. I think I think Pogba's gonna be got to be up there. I'm waiting for the Instagram, Twitter campaign that he that he, he launches to get that goal back. But more importantly, is there a dubious goals committee for the World Cup? Yeah, there has to be. Like I, you, I've never heard anything about them. I'll do research. I'll they're, get back to you. They're more, they're more secretive than the Premier League dubious goals committee. I know. We, I want to be on that one even more. Any, uh, any own goal pod, uh, you know, reporters on the ground. Anybody that wants to join our team, find us information about the uh, the dubious goals committee for the World Cup, and we'll bring you on. Quick thing, I'm going to mention really briefly because I know we're pressed on time because we spent way too much time talking about Spain, Portugal. And talking about Ronaldo in general. Yeah, sorry, Ronaldo in Spain. Uh, Pogba made a comment that he's the, one of the most criticized players in the world, 
And I actually think that comment has a lot of credence. I think he's yeah. very unfairly often criticized. He's had the same amount of assists this year in the Premier League as Erickson and Deli Ali, and they play, play more advanced. Like, he's played all club season, he's basically played as a defensive midfielder when he's definitely more of an attacking mid who will still, you know, track back and help you, but more attacking oriented. But he still had six goals, 11 assists. Show me another defensive midfielder in any of the top five leagues who has those numbers. No, I, I, I definitely think he's right. He's been the, the most criticized. Um, I, you know, you can, you can say it's because of his high transfer fee. It's because of how he, you know, interacts on social media. Um, that being said, you know, it's, it's, it's also, I think, the fact that he's a very, very marquee, notable player in England, and the English media loves to tear down players, whether it be their own players or be just like the go-to guys on the go-to teams in the league. So I, I, I think it's, it's, it's not necessarily because of him, but it's... Speaking of the England media, after the England's first game against Tunisia, I saw a bunch of some of the English commentate, uh, you know, yeah. guys talking about it in studio were saying, we're already talking, should we bench Raheem Sterling in the next game? <laughs> Which the answer is yes, but we'll, I think we'll get to that when we get to that group. Um, also, in, that, in, in, you know, in group uh, C, Peru 0, Denmark 1, I thought for a 1-0 game, this was really exciting. I really enjoyed how both teams, you know, they both teams attacked. Both teams tried to make opportunities. We just lacked a thought of finishing touch. Hey, this is one of the many games where two of, like, where we had different picks to get out of the group and they went head-to-head. I think we had three of them. Yeah. And uh, just want to thank my boy Matt for always praising Christian Erickson because, man, boy, was running the string. Yeah, Erickson, Erickson's a hell of a player. He looked good. Um, oh. <laughs> So, sorry to interrupt you, but this is my favorite fan story from the World Cup so far. This is from a fan of Peru named Miguel F. And Miguel was trying to get tickets to this opening game against Denmark, and he said that the only tickets left were for reduced mobility. So he bought the reduced mobility tickets, like, looked up what it qualified for, and apparently you have to be, like, over a certain amount of weight. So he gained... 55 pounds to be able to use the reduced mobility ticket. In his own words, he said, I started to get fat. I ate everything. And that's insane. Like, he gained 55 pounds to be able to well, use and, this ticket at the they, World Cup. And they lost the game. I know. It's heartbreaking. It, like, no, what, what was, what's heartbreaking is the cholesterol <laughs> that he had to ingest. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it is heartbreaking. Um, but um, seriously, though, it's fans like Miguel that just make the World Cup so unique. Exactly, yeah. And that's why it's even the worst World Cup is the best sporting event uh, when it comes around. Uh, group D. Group D. Oh, man. Argent- so the second of our, uh, of yep. our three heads-to-head so yep. far. You got me on this one. Argentina-Iceland, 1-1. I tell you what, I, I tested you at the end of that first half. I thought Iceland had the better number of scoring chances. Uh, that being said, when it got to the second half, Argentina definitely took over that game. But you know, when Argentina scored first in that first half and Iceland came back, I was going fucking crazy. I love watching this Iceland team play. The way they, they move and defend and even counterattack, is, it's so much like a unit. You know, Everything they do is together. They know, they know the game plan, but they also know each aspect of the game plan, what to do and when to do it. Really reminds me a little bit of Greece Euro 2004 when they, when they won the Euro. I'm not saying Iceland's going to win the World Cup, but just the way that they play as a complete team, even against superior talent, I was really impressed. And on top of that, like this is from a this is a team where their head coach is like a dentist. <laughs> yeah, 
and part-time dentist. They come from a country whose population is less than Corpus Christi. <laughs> On speaking of that, cool my cool fan bit for this. Ninety-six point eight percent of the population of Iceland was watching the game. Yep. This game. The other three point two percent was in Russia at the game. <laughs> It's 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 absolutely fascinating. I, I love what what they've done as a soccer soccer culture. Uh, I think it was like less than ten years ago they really decided that they were going to put a lot of you know effort into development, not just players but developing fans as well. And it, it, it's amazing to see. Um, you know, this is the team. Yeah, this, wait, hold on, developing fans. Hint hint. U.S. soccer. Hint hint. Yeah. No, please look at what Iceland has done and copy. Um, also. Before the, the the World Cup started, I stated that Iceland's the team I want to I want to you know they're they're, they're the team I'm backing. And are they the only team immune to the E Gates eighty four curse? So far, yes, but it's early. It's early, and they're gonna. And like, they'll, they'll what if like they could like what if, if they get shit on five zero the next two games? I am blaming you. Oh, and I'm, I'm cutting. I'm cutting this part. I have to cut this part out. I have to. Um, also, big big part of the the game, Aguero. That goal. If without that goal, Iceland wins that game. Oh yeah, what you put Sergio Aguero in the starting lineup and what does he do? Oh he scores a fucking goal. Wake the fuck up, Argentina. Eric and I have been saying like it should be so obvious that he is the first name on the list okay, second name on the list. Yeah, well we'll admit that Messi needs to be first, but not the Messi that played this this Iceland game. I mean, every time he touched that ball on uh, near the box, he was looking. He was trying to f- f- create space to get a shot off. There were so many times where Di Maria, or especially Aguero, were making runs into the box, and he just he just didn't play them in. Yeah, maybe half the time the, the goalie picks it up or they don't complete the, the ball. But if you get Aguero that ball in in the box, he showed you what you can do. Now I am eternally thankful that that didn't happen. But when I just saw. I would have been fascinated to see how how this game would have played out had uh, Ronaldo not had a hat trick the night before. Because you it, know that fucked with Messi's head. He he tries to pretend like he doesn't want to be the goat, whereas Ronaldo is very upfront that like he said like he wants to be considered the greatest of all time. Yeah, and then he had the little goatee too. Fucking yeah. great. Um, um, but you know that like Messi does care about that shit. And I think that really fucked yeah. with his head. And and I think that's why he missed the penalty. I think he was fucking with his head. Now, well, now now we get to the comparison part, right? Uh, so Messi failed to score from from you know free play, and and granted, um, Iceland did put ten to eleven guys you know behind the ball to, to team defend, so maybe a harder team to unlock. Uh, that being said, the absolute talent advantage that Argentina has over Iceland, they, they should have won that game um, just on paper. Uh, but Messi's had he had like three or four free kick attempts from similar distances and angles that Ronaldo scored his goal from was unable to score, and then the most glaring one he missed that penalty. And some people say, well, he didn't miss it; it was on target. If you don't score a penalty in soccer, you miss the penalty. Absolutely. Um, now, when when I saw that kick, it was you know like you know torso high, so perfect height for a goalkeeper when you dive. It was. With no pace, he side-footed that thing, and it was several feet within the the post, which everything about that screamed to me he was shooting not to miss the target. He wasn't shooting to score. Exactly. I totally agree. I think you're right. I actually, I really do think Ronaldo having the hat trick, and then now Ronaldo scored today, this morning, Ronaldo scored again. Yeah. Also, in fact, 
both of Ronaldo's goals came before the fourth minute. So I want to see if that if Ronaldo just is just going to score again in the next game before the fourth minute and then just peace out. Uh, another f- interesting fact is uh, for club and country, Messi has missed four out of his last seven penalties taken. And, and you can actually expand that stat to five of the last ten. Oh wow! So so my question is, why isn't Aguero taking those penalties? Aguero takes that penalty. Argentina win the game. Yeah, it's that simple. Um, I guess let's move on to the Croatia-Nigeria game. Uh, rough game for Nigeria, but... Rough game for the know, fans. I, I wanted to love Nigeria. I really... You, you know I was yeah. excited about Nigeria. We were both excited about Nigeria. You you more so than me. And then Victor Moses, like, tried to... Every time he was breathed on, I mean, it was just ridiculous. He he dove the energy out of, out of Nigeria. I... I, I it was embarrassing to watch. Uh, I was already pissed, not at Nigeria, but at the circumstances from the get-go. Nigeria have these amazing, you know, white, green, black kits. And instead of wearing those, which would have contrasted fine against the red and white checkered of Croatia, they had to wear their fucking solid green uh, away kit. I thought this was going to be the, the matchup of the two best kits in the World Cup. And instead, we were robbed uh, from an aesthetic level. Uh, which really took a lot of steam out of out of the competition for me, and then this Victor Moses dove on whatever steam was left. Yeah, I I know I had Nigeria advancing in our little competition, but honestly, like I I'm not into it anymore. And with that, I think we should just go to Group E. Like yeah. I'm already I'm yeah. already upset just talking about it. Yep. Group E: Brazil, Switzerland. Oh man! <laughs> so before this game, I was absolutely terrified that I have to burn my computer. Um, it's definitely still possible, but you know what? I'm less concerned that Neymar is going to win the golden boot now, at least because he's not, he's not the best attacker on their team. Question. Did PSG buy the wrong Brazilian because Coutinho fucking ripped it. Oh, that, that's a wonder goal right there. That's my second favorite goal in the tournament. By second favorite as in like second best you've seen or. Yeah, second best I've seen. That's what I'm. So, at. which what do you have ahead of it? Nacho's goal or, or Ronaldo's free kick? Neither, dude. I think the I don't know why this goal. Dre's Martin's goal. Oh my god, Te- Martin's goal. Technique wise, that yeah, was the hardest that was goal perfect. scored. Yep. I, I I don't know why it's flying under the radar. Maybe because the game was at like five in the fucking morning. But no, that was the the uh, Australia game was five in the morning. This one was at seven. Okay, maybe because it was at seven in the fucking morning, but. That goal was fucking incredible. Yeah, that goal but, that goal was really good. Um, so was Coutinho's. Um, Coutinho's. You want to talk about Switzerland? Yeah, you know, I thought Switzerland played a tough game. Uh, a lot of strong challenges, which some people are going to say, oh, they just fouled all the, you know, they fouled Brazil all over the place. Um, they did have a couple, you know, good number of fouls. But when you mix the strong, strong defensive style that Switzerland played with Brazil's propensity for falling down, that's what really ups that, that foul count. And I think, you know what? Yes, a lot of people complain that, you know, I don't want to watch the World Cup to see guys defend heavily and, 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 and tackle hard. I want to watch the skillful guys run around. I want to watch teams compete as they, the best way that they can. If you're, if you're if, if your best chance of winning the game is to, you know, defend as a unit and, and attack as a unit and, and break up the play when you need to, then that's your strategy. And the teams that are better than you, if they actually are better, need to figure out a way around it. You're not better than somebody if you can't beat that team. So, 
on that note, people were making a big deal that Neymar was fouled 10 times, like the most in the World Cup in like 20 something years or whatever. A couple of things to take a note there. One, like, okay, 10 fouls. So we'll call like five of them fouls and five of them flops. Yep. Second thing, you don't think Ronaldo and Messi don't get the shit kicked out of them every fucking game they play in? Messi, Messi, Messi had a quote, actually. Somebody asked him about the, uh, like, you know, the the physicality of Iceland and stuff. It was after the Ronald, the uh, the Neymar, you know, comments. And he was like, there's nothing to talk about. Or maybe it wasn't Messi. Maybe it was, it was Hazard. That's what it was. My apologies. It was Hazard. He's like, there's nothing to talk about. I'm used to it. It happens all the time. It's part of the game. Yeah, the best player is going to get the fucking shit done. And Hazard, Hazard plays it. You know, would play in Burnley, Watford, Stoke, and actually get just the shit kicked out of him. And, and you know, in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. Good, good point. So, uh, other game in this group, Serbia, who we both had going second, which maybe we should have had them going first. You want to talk about yeah, that one? Yeah, they uh, one nothing win over over Costa Rica, and. You and I have both been been big on, on you know the Serbia squad. We think it's a very talented squad, flying under the radar. Definitely got a tough group with both Brazil and Switzerland. Um, but my dude Sergio Milinkovic Savic was was a baller. Who does he play for club wise right now? So he plays for Lazio right now, but he's that, that, that's not going to. I promise gonna, you, come August, he plays for a different team. He's going to play for I think either Juventus, Real Madrid, or Barcelona. I would like him to play for another team for besides any this. team. I mean, those, so those are three of the four teams rumored of looking at him. The fourth is is uh, Man United. Hey, <laughs> but the way the way he's just playing really well, and and I I think he ends up at Juventus actually, just because he's playing in Syria, he knows the country, he knows the league, um, and you, I mean it's gonna kill me to see him play for Juventus because I. Why do all the midfielders I really like end up playing at Juventus? I hate it. I'm sorry, buddy. That's okay, uh, but I'm I'm really excited for for Serbia. Uh, moving on to uh, to Group F. Okay, before we actually talk about Group F, we need to talk about the most notable thing for U.S. soccer fans about Group F is not that Mexico beat Germany. By the way, no. Okay, so this is basically Group F. This is our uh, jibber jabber for the week, and it comes from Landon Donovan, and it all started with these ads, and there's fucking commercials now too on the TV. Where the we're basically landed on him and is saying that as Americans we should cheer for Mexico. I don't know how else to say that. Yeah, it, I I saw the tweet. You texted me the tweet, and I was like, this had to be a fantastic uh, Photoshop job because even even a chalk like Landon Donovan wouldn't stoop so low as to tell U.S. fans to pull for their you know biggest rival in Mexico. Oh, but how you would be surprised about how lowest. Chotch like Landon Donovan will stoop. I hope that Wells Fargo paid him an ass load of money to be a fucking traitor. I wouldn't be surprised if they paid him a very small amount of money. I mean, is he in a lot of debt? What would drive him to do this ad? But that's not even the worst part. The ad to me isn't even the worst part. It's what comes next. Yeah, it's, you know, saying something and doing something outrageous and horrible is one thing standing by it and calling somebody else out takes it to a whole other level and because if, if, if he just did it for the money then he's just a whore just a whore. I, respect exactly. I, I can respect a whore yeah. i can't it's the world's oldest profession it's there for a reason we all have a price but now he's an entrenched whore and if you don't know what we're talking about 
Carlos Bocanegra, the uh, you know he, longtime captain, center back of the United States national team. All he responded to Landon's tweet was, really? Question mark. That's the That's it. Yeah. Carlos Bocanegra, who had a successful career playing in the Premier League for a few years, playing in League A. Oh, you mean, you mean he actually took risks and, and played in real, in real leagues for an extended period of time? Yeah, he didn't just fucking play in LA Galaxy his entire career like a schlub. But, so Bocanegra, like you said, just said, really? And here's what Landon Donovan responded. You grew up in SoCal and owe much of your soccer skills to playing with Mexicans. Your father is of Mexican descent. Look around our country. Are you happy with how we are treating Mexicans? Open your mind, stand for something, and remember where you come from. Now, granted, you know, our, our political climate is not at a place where either of us are, are happy with, you know, a lot of things going on. But that is not what this is. Donovan is trying to tell a man of, of Mexican descent... How to that, that the only way to appreciate his his heritage is that he has to root for the Mexican national team now. Is that what I'm here? Like what the fuck? <laughs> also, the dude just said like, "How insecure are you, Landon Donovan?" The guy responded with one word: <laughs> "Really." It was really a question, a one word question, and you go off. Obviously, Bocanegra, way too classy to respond. But thank God Hercules, Hercules <laughs> Gomez wasn't too classy to respond. Love this. Hercules Gomez, this is an incredibly terrible take. <laughs> Questioning one's loyalty to culture and or heritage because he questioned you for taking marketing dollars to root for your sporting rival? You can hate El Tri, El Tri, El Tri. This doesn't mean you have anything against Mexicans. <laughs> So, like, uh, basically, Lane Donovan was framing it that if we d- if you don't cheer for Mexico, you're a racist. Yes! <laughs> well, sir! Well, he, he took it one level above that. He said, he said to Bocanegra that if you don't cheer for El Tree, then you are a, you are a horrible person of, like, of, of honoring your Mexican descent. Which, also, how could Donovan speak on that? Also, Hercules Gomez, who obviously defended Bocanegra, of, of Mexican yes. descent, his parents were both Mexicans. Yes. Uh, and then, and then Kyle, Kyle Martino expressed massive disappointment, and Taylor Twelman tweeted he'd rather cut off his toe than root for Mexico. Granted, that may have actually improved Taylor Twelman's uh, playing abilities somehow. I will say this: like that, that statement is so Taylor Twelman in that, like, <laughs> I agree with the general sentiment of what he's trying to say, but he picks the worst fucking way to say it. Yeah, yeah, like, you can get by with having four toes. Like that's actually not that big of a deal, but I, I do appreciate it. Um, and then obviously Donovan didn't have the balls to even stand by it because the next day he said, he tweeted out, of course, I reflected on the tweet I made over the weekend and I realized it was impulsive and inappropriate. I made a mistake and removed the tweet. Let's get back to the games. Which a fan responded to that. The only inappropriate tweet I see is you telling us to root for Mexico. <laughs> so getting on to the, uh, the game, the Germany-Mexico, which everybody you know thought – Germany's going to win this game, maybe be a closer game than expected, but Germany's got it in the bag. And holy shit, were we wrong. Uh, Outside of Mexico, to be fair. I'm pretty sure they knew they were going to win it. No, you're right, you're right. They know they're going to win every game, even the ones they lose. Um, (laughs) E-Gates 84 World Cup curse, confirmed. Um, This is the team that I think is going to win the whole thing, and uh, well, that really put a damper on, on my, my do outlook. You stand, do you stand by that? I'm giving you the chance to get out of it. Do you still think they're going to win the whole thing? Well, Iceland's going to win the whole thing because they're immune to my curse. So, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Um, but I will say for this, I twice I did highlight uh, a young player, exciting young player, that to make a name for himself in this World Cup, Irving Lozano. 
named man of the match, uh, scored the uh, the game's only goal, and was a constant threat on that left side. Yeah, he Mexico played outstanding. Yeah, there from a tactical level, the their their lineup was was fantastic. Um, they got a little bit a def- little too defensive in the you know last 20, 15 minutes of that game and Germany were really starting to put on an onslaught. So that was one thing that, that they kind of played with fire, but it worked. Uh, they played really well. Uh, actually, to answer your question, if I think uh, Germany is still going to win, yes, if they, they start to actually start Marco Royce. If Royce doesn't start their next two games and beyond, then fuck it, they're out. They're no longer my, you know, one of the teams that I'm pulling for and they're, they're in like my bottom of teams I want to win if, if it's not for Royce. So... I got two things to say. First of all, Germany had this long time coming because Jurgi Lowe thinks he's too good to wear a tracksuit or a suit. He wears his fucking little crew neck t-shirts that are tight as fuck with little nipples poking out like he owns a nightclub and he has disrespected the game for too long. I've said this for like, he's just wearing a fucking t-shirt. Like he's not even trying. No, he, he shows up in a t-shirt and a jacket. He just takes oh, the jacket yeah. off. He just takes the jacket off after the opening whistle. It's like when they say, oh, you have to tuck your shirt in for the start, and then you immediately untuck it. So your below deserved this because of his fucking t-shirt to wear a collared shirt, man. Or a tracksuit. <laughs> Fuck. Second thing I want to say is uh, the fans in Mexico City celebrated <laughs> so hard that there was a small earthquake detected. Now, Shortly after the goal, yeah. There was uh, so much movement that <laughs> Seismic one of uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, own goal reporters on the ground, Cameron, was in Mexico City during this game. So I will get a report from him about what the atmosphere was like, and we'll post something on Twitter. Yeah, we uh, we are cultivating a, a network of stringers who can uh, can give us you know up to date information, or in Cameron's case, you know week late information. <laughs> so if you guys are interested in joining the own the own goal network, let us know. Uh, email us at you know owngoalpod at gmail.com. Or uh, you can tweet us at owngoalpod. Also, you don't even have to let us know. Like, Cameron didn't yeah, that's ask, true. Cameron <laughs> never even listened to the he's, podcast. He's, he's more so been conscripted into our, our services. Um, so, the other game, Sweden, South Korea. Sweden robbed the world by leaving Zlatsi at home, but what they didn't realize is they were robbing their team of chances to create offense. Was this one of the most boring games to you? Yes. This game was ass. It, yeah. It's like, we have the Holy Balls game, and this is like the Devil's Anus game. Yeah, yeah. This was the opposite. Yeah, Devil's Anus. There we go. Also known as Waco, Texas. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just they, they, were, they lacked everything. Um, one of their you know marquee players, Emil Forsberg, said after the game that they would be better offensively with Zlatan, which is just one of the most obvious things I've ever heard anybody say. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't have anything. Do you have anything to add on this game? It's kind of unremarkable. No, let's go to Group G. So Belgium, just they, they, they are continuing to just shit pump people. They might like now. We've only seen them play Panama, but Panama can defend some. Or now they we only seen them play Panama. Panama's not good. I'm not going to try. Yeah, but still, Belgium be scary, dude. Belgium. It is a. It is possible that Belgium. It is really possible they could win the World Cup, I, and that terrifies me. I, I I have the exact same. You know, I talked about it. You know, before the World Cup on our last episode, that this is a scary lineup with how they're offensively set up. They're also defensively experienced too, and talented. Oh, 
They have great. They have a great defense, great leadership, and a great goalie. Yeah, and they have Dries Mertens, who has some talent. For those that haven't been able to watch him because he plays in Serie A, they have Eden Hazard yeah, and, hey. Ke- and Kevin De Bruyne feeding Romelu Lukaku. Oh my God, Romelu Lukaku looks terrifying. He scares me. Uh, if if you were asking me to pick a new uh, choice for Golden Boot, my option, my number one choice would be own goal. My number two choice would be Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, I think he's going to score a brace every single game. I really do. He's going he's uh, to tear apart the English defense in that last game of the group stage. Oh, we're going to get to the 1996 <laughs> English defense. Don't you worry. But uh, the for me, the goal of the tournament, obviously look up Belgium-Panama highlights. It's on the FIFA app. If you have that downloaded, I do because I'm a narc. But <laughs> uh, Merton's goal is the goal, best goal of the tournament. Hardest goal. It's just the best goal of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Nachos is incredibly difficult as well. I agree. But Mertens, Mertens had that, that extra... The extra sauce. Extra sauce, yeah. yeah. Extra sauce. We, 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 went, we went extra sauce on that. Um, well, given the fact that I think in another life I was a massive England fan, <laughs> should we talk about England? Yeah. England win. Okay. England win. 2-1. No, no, no. Before we talk about England, so obviously if you guys listen to the pod, our whole like, thing about England is a big... They're going to always lose or struggle against someone that they've been in, at war with. Which, and it's Often, England, so it's almost everybody. Yeah, they, they, imperialism didn't work out for them. You get the idea. So before the game started, I did some little, little history research, and I found out about the Tunisian campaign, which was a World War II battle. Tunisia was just a battleground, but people didn't, like, they were just, like, getting fucked, basically, between the Allied powers led by England and Axis led by Germany and Italy early on in the war before the United States was involved. So, because Tunisia was the location of the campaign, but not an opponent, it meant that England would struggle, but not necessarily lose. I, in fact, tweeted this from the own goal account. Eric said, I don't know, Eric just peer pressured me and made me doubt myself. <laughs> you said you, you said you were already doing it when I texted you. Don't blame this whole thing on me. I, I, just, said, I just said that so you didn't know you peer pressured me. I, I'm calling bullshit. I swear to God. Well, now I feel bad. Well, okay, he tweeted that England was going to struggle... And then England scored the opening goal, like, like what, two, three minutes into the game? And I may have texted him, you might want to remove the tweet. I was doing it more as a joke, but then he said, I, I'm already doing it. I thought, okay, then if he's already doing it, we'll go ahead and remove the tweet so we don't look like idiots. But back to the game, England really struggled to win 2-1. Well, they first five minutes, they dominated. We were, I was like, wow, is this a New England? They scored. Oh, my God, is this a New England? And then it wasn't. Yeah, then it was just it was just a bunch of new faces in the same England. But England of, of tournaments past would not have scored that final goal. No, England of tournaments past would have won one the shit out of that. So game. so England's saving grace is Harry Kane. Also, Harry Maguire, the team of Harrys. Harry Maguire, their center back, I thought played a really, really solid game. And he was the assist to Harry Kane on that winning goal. My favorite Ninja Turtle, Ashley Young, got on the field, so plug to Man U. Jesse Lingard looked great. Happy he's starting plug to Man U. Uh, Rashford, instead of Ra- Raz Sterling, was that needs to be a, a, that that change needs to happen for the start of the next game because I think that change and lost his cheek for Deli Ali, who might be who might be injured. He yeah. I think he held out of training today or yesterday because of I think a hamstring. So that's something to watch. Uh, but yeah, Loftus Cheek, he's more direct. Both him and Rashford are more direct. They allow you to, being more direct, open up space for other players like a clinical goal scorer 
uh, Harry Kane. Also, I will be very sad if we don't see Vardy at some point of this tournament. No Vardy, no party. So I'm really hoping that we can, we can you know, see my boy. Um, to add to that, did you notice that both England goals were scored in the exact same sequence? Corner kick, flick on, yep. Harry Kane. Yep. So interesting to see if they'll uh, so score. So maybe, maybe just guard the flick on if you're a team opposing England and you'll be good. Or, or, or guard Harry Kane, but probably the flick on will be easier. Yeah, yeah. They really shouldn't have left him unguarded at the back post. So I wanted to be noted that England is playing three in the back. One of which, and usually when you play three in the back, it's like three center backs and two wing backs. But no, Garrett yeah. Southgate is way too smart for you. Is it Kyle it's Walker, cent- one of their quote-unquote center backs? Yes, it's two center backs and a right back who can't cross. In <laughs> Walker, which I guess why he's playing back there. And then two wing backs who are basically full backs. Basically three full backs. Whatever the fuck Ashley Young is at this point, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, but their full backs were so advanced this whole game. I, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on. But it's very much Euro 96 when the Euro was in in England. England made the semis. Don't worry, Germany still won. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I have a feeling that this is going to work against the lesser teams. But I think against Belgium, England are so fun. To use a a phrase that you you enjoy using on this this podcast, Belgium, if England come out in that formation, Belgium are going to shit pump them. Yeah. Kyle Walker going against Romelu Lukaku. So my thing is, if... When they play Belgium, I think Phil Jones take Kyle Walker's spot because, you know, Phil Jones will, like, get, get, let his dick get cut off. Yeah, for the- but Phil Jones has a propensity for own goals, which could be the the record ceiling own goal from Phil Jones. Well, it, there's the one, there's the own goal angle, which I love, and two, who knows Romelu Lukaku better than Phil Jones? His teammate at Manchester United. Yeah, no, I, I mean... I, I definitely think it's a good, it's a good for, uh, formation for the lesser talented teams. I, I agree with you. I think they're going to struggle against uh, Belgium, and it, they could also struggle against you know whoever they might reach in the the round of sixteen. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. They still have to <laughs> they still have to beat Panama. I can, I don't know. I, I'll look at the history, but there's probably the been a war fought somewhere with Panama, and I think they're going to struggle. Uh, okay, Group H. We are dubbing this the uh, group of upsets. This is where. Um, well, no, no, no. Only group of upsets for you. I've been on the Senegal train because they're not Morocco since you <laughs> No, 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 no. Yes, no, great pick. But if you look at, you know, the bookmakers, you look at, you know, the so-called experts, everybody is saying the two favorites of this group, Colombia and, and Poland. And the uh, opening games, Japan 2, Colombia 1. Colombia, get the, the World Cup's first red card, three minutes into the game, results in deserved, deserved, deserved. Right. Yeah, no, no complaints, and it wasn't a VAR. It was a straight red, deserved. Let, it was a penalty as well. So three minutes in, Colombia, without Jaimez Rodriguez, are down 1-0, di- playing 10 men to 11. Not your best chances of winning a game. And, yeah, Japan ended up pulling it out 2-1, but I definitely, there was definitely a time when it was 1-1 and I thought Colombia was still going to win. Colombia were playing better. Well, especially in that first half, Colombia were the better team. I thought second half, especially final 20 minutes, Japan realized they were up a man and, and put the screws and got that winner. And you know what? I was I was excited for Japan. That's a, that's a fun team to cheer for. Yeah, no, happy they got the want, the, the win. And then Senegal-Poland ended up being a really good game, in my opinion. Yeah, it it surprised me how unprepared Poland looked for, for just, you know, the speed and athleticism of Senegal. Dude, Senegal were bullying them. It was just straight bully ball. I mean, they were just, 
Senegal was just imposing their will on yeah. Poland, and I did not expect For, that. Well, first episode, you you picked Senegal as as your your African team because they're not Morocco. Uh, and I think last episode I mentioned how the actual Senegalese roster, and I know I've been like texting you about it, is a very talented roster. There's a, oh, yeah. a couple guys that that play Syria. Um, they have one of the best uh, center backs I thought this season of Nkalubali, who uh, starting center back for Napoli, uh, Man City, and, and a couple other people have been trying to get him last year or two. So that just kind of speaks to how good he is. Um, my uh, ex Milan player Mbe Niang. Scored the uh, game-winning goal, which, regardless of whether you agree or not, like I know you and I are on opposite sides here, it's a potentially questionable run of play. Well, no, no, no. I think if you're in your camp, it's questionable. And to me, it was just a and really I'm bad saying, I'm saying there's an argument. So the, there is an argument that can be made is all I'm saying. Um, you thought, you know, just unfortunate, you know, series of unfortunate events. Um, I, I'm not blaming Senegal at all. I mean, Niang clearly was faking when he went down with an injury just to stop play, uh, because two minutes later he was sprinting full speed and shooting no problem. Um, and scoring. And scoring. But the, the, the side judge who waved him on should not have, in my opinion, waved him on at that point. So the side judge looked to the ref. The ref told him it was good to go. Then, then the main ref shouldn't have told him it was good to go. But, at the time, the ball was just in the air in in Senegalese defensive one-third. Like, they had no – like, I get – like, it was – I think it's really bad luck. But, like, if you look at how it – like, if you ignore what happened after the fact that it resulted in the goal and you look at it, like, there was no way of expecting the Polish guy to just <laughs> towards his own goal like that. Like, I just yeah. think it was bad luck. It was – it was bad luck. I, I just I, – I think – I don't know. It's that that sucks for Poland, but also also Senegal's fans were so much fun to watch. They were getting so they were probably one of the more amped fan bases that that I thought we saw. And they, I, they were I definitely taking it. advantage of the fact that drugs are legal within the stadiums, but not outside the stadium. Also, you're not you're allowed to bring drugs in, but you get like banned for life if you smuggle alcohol into the stadium. Which I thought was really funny. Um, also, Preston was chirping all week about his Polish boy, so Preston, oof. suck it. I know you're listening. Yeah, not a good game for Preston, not a good game for Eric, who picked Poland to win the group and who picked um, Fabianski to be his Dark Horse Golden Gloves and for um, Poland to be his Dark Horse team and for um, Lewandowski to be his Golden Boot winner. So, uh, oops, but hey, I got that Irving Lozano pick right, so you know what? I'm, I'm cutting my losses. I mean, you can't be that mad when I pick Senegal. But like when my like, now looking back on it, it was a great pick. But at the time, it's on tape. And I just said it because it's not Morocco. Yeah, anybody who listens to uh, the uh, the podcast One Shining Pod knows the the phrase "right logic, wrong outcome." Donnie was wrong logic, right outcome in this case, which, <laughs> which I think is which a- I feel like this is the story of my life. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so. Anyways, the two favorites, it's very, very unlikely that both of them will advance from the group. So at least one of Colombia and Poland will not make it out of the group stage. I feel pretty confident in saying that. And it's definitely possible that neither one make it out, depending on how these these next two games play out. Yeah. So I guess with that, it's time for Mailbag for Douchebags. Mailbag for Douchebags. It's mail time. Did you just did you just fucking is that from Blue's Clues? Are you fucking kidding? Me? You know what? You recognized it. So 
suck it. Um, I have I have final cut when it comes to editing. I'm leaving that in. Um, you know what? We want to thank you guys. We had a, a good amount of uh, of of mail uh, this time to to do more than a, a one listener segment. Um, so really appreciate the feedback. Our our first first email correspondence was from Taylor. We're actually. Excuse me. We're going to split some of his questions up and, and address some of them in a later episode because they're not as World Cup based. But his uh, overarching question was, you know, how do I pick a Premier League team that you know to start rooting for that he doesn't already have a connection to? Uh, backstory is Taylor's looking to get you know back into following soccer a little more. Uh, and you know, Taylor, right now, what I would really suggest is watch as many of these World Cup games as you can and keep an eye out for players that you see that you really enjoy and that you really like. Uh, an example for me would be four years ago, Jordan Shakiri of Switzerland really captivated my interest. I loved how he played, and as a result, you know, I started following Stoke, which I also liked because of Jeff Cameron and everything. But um, just find players that you that you really enjoy watching. They're exciting. They're electric. And then figure out, hey, what club do they play for? If they play for a Premier League club, start following that club. But, hey, if they play for an Italian, a French, or a Spanish team, you can still follow them as well. I just hope for your sake it's not a French team. Yeah, and to add on, Eric, if you if you you know your his question your question Taylor was about the Premier League, and I'd say do a little research and look at some of these teams. May not be you know some of these teams are great and have history, but some have a deep history and tradition that aren't necessarily like uh, you know teams that are always making the Champions League or anything yeah. like that. And two teams I want to highlight. First team is Newcastle United. They've actually uh, they used to challenge for the Premier League back in, in the, the in the nineties in the nineties. Right? Yeah. And uh, early 2000s, actually, they just, this was their first, they got uh, relegated last year. This year was their first year back. They finished 10th. DeAndre Yedlin, who is the United States' most athletic player and probably a future Future captain captain. of our U.S. team, he's jacked as shit, by the way. Um, He plays, he's their starting right back. This this is a podcast on male aesthetics, and we we dabble in soccer. And uh, so... I think Newcastle has a great history. They're trending up, and they have DeAndre Yedlin and, and ex- that America. An exciting with. fan base. You know, really, the Jordies at the tune are so much fun to watch. And also, they finished tenth right after being relegated with with minimal investment from the team. And I know that their manager, manager Rafa Benitez, um, said that if you guys don't you know pony up and let us spend some money, I'll walk. And the board definitely caved because um, he's done an amazing job. And, and look for them to to make some moves. I think. I agree. And the second club, I'd say, with a lot of history in the Premier League, been around for a while, fun team to watch, West Ham United. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely had some struggles this season. Yeah, but I think they'll, they'll trend up. They'll get investment. They'll have some exciting players. Yeah. And they have Andy Carroll, who I love. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, look at two things, right? Exciting players in this World Cup and look at, you know, who they play for. And also maybe some U.S. Nationals that that get some PT. Um then I know we had a we had another 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 correspondence from Nick Bertese. Um, yeah, enjoying the podcast. Totes agree with y'all about Neymar. Dude's a total locker room anti Neymar pod, anti Neymar podcast. Just a reminder. Yeah. So then he goes, gotta disagree with you about Quincy though. I think that's Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah. It was well past time for him to go. He had lost the locker room, and it was evident for everyone to see by the end of his tenure. Arena was clearly the wrong replacement, but. Uh, if we had replaced Quincy before he managed to drop the first two matches, I believe we would be playing in Russia. Nick, I, I respect your opinion, but with that, your last sentence, if we had fired Klinsman before those two matches, 
my argument is if we had kept Klinsman for the entire qualifying cycle, we definitely would have won the games we had to win and not lose the games we had to tie. So, um, you know, definitely appreciate your feedback. And, um, I mean, Donnie and I are anti-Neymar, but we're also very pro-Klinsman. So um, we're going to disagree with you on this one. Yeah, I think I'm going to – Eric, you're right there, and I'm going to address a different part of that. Two things. Well, first, he signed off the email by telling us to – Get off a of Klinsman's dick, and I will not. No. I will only that will only go deeper inside of me. <laughs> but my main point, besides that, <laughs> is uh, he said that he had lost the locker room. And to me, if two losses are gonna, our players are gonna feel like they're gonna lose the locker room. That says more about the players themselves than the manager, in my opinion. Yeah. If you're that weak that you can't handle two losses in a very long qualifying cycle. That that speaks more to the players than the manager. I hate to I hate to say that, but that's yeah. my honest no, opinion. No, and, and I mean, I, I think what he's more referring to is that even before the, those two games, the players, some of the players were getting frustrated with Klinsman. They didn't like playing out of position. You know, uh, my boy Michael Bradley, who who I love, was not, was not a fan of Klinsman at the end. Didn't like that Klinsman was playing him out of his his natural role. And you know, I, I understand where where MB four is coming from, but at the same time. You know, your job is your job is to play. The, the manager's job is to is to coach. And I just I know one hundred percent if we had kept Klinsman through the entire cycle, we're in the World Cup right now. Well, yeah, all those play, all these young players who've been playing in Europe, you know, you just know Omar Gonzalez is not starting to. And I hate it's not his fault. I want to say that it's not Omar Gonzalez's fault that we didn't qualify, but it's just easy to point to his own goal against TNT. Yeah, and. You just know he's he's not starting. I just I Jeff, yeah yeah no I I I exactly. Um, so Nick had another question as well, and I actually really enjoyed this next question. Uh, if you could change one rule or gameplay aspect of the game today, what would it be? Uh, he said, for example, as a keeper, I'd eliminate PKs to end a knockout stage and play golden goal OT. Nick, just for everybody who doesn't know, Nick he is a goalie uh, by trade, so I I can see why a goalie would would want to eliminate PKs to end a game. Donnie is shaking his head. No. I mean, I think that's like, I get where you're coming from, but like, there is nothing more. I, I, I don't know. You can't, the, yeah. the fan, I get it for the players, but the fans deserve the agony and the joy, the up and down of penalty kick show that there's nothing like that in sports. That's fair. So what do you have a, do you have a rule or, or two that you, that you'd change? Well, Recent rule, obviously, is this VAR. Obviously, VAR. Obviously, we would get rid of VAR. We would both pick that, so I'm taking that one off the table. No, no, no. We wouldn't both pick that. I think you would... I would get rid of VAR. I, I don't think that's true. I think you're lying. <laughs> get that, fuck, get that okay. fucking figure out of my face. <laughs> um, so, for me, it would be have to be very based on curbing simulation. In that... If a player dives in the box, instead of a red card for that player, because I think that's too harsh just in case, you know, he really did fall or trip or something happened, because I've been thinking about this, that player has to be subbed out of the game immediately for another player. The team uses one of their substitutions, and that player, pending a, pending a review after the game is over, is suspended no, the next game. And then, so what if they already used all three subs? Then they go. Then in that situation, they do go a man down. Damn, I like that. I like that a lot. Because um, I think if you can really curb stomp the diving, which those players are acting like they're getting curb stomped half yeah. time, 
if you can really start to, you know, make, you know, really crack down on it, make getting a penalty a little bit harder, I really think that we'll get a better end product, and I think you'll see a lot more U.S. fans go to the sport. Yeah, so. I, I, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, a cancer of the game right now. Honestly, it's, it's like it's, Neymar is a cancer in the exactly. locker room, and like Landon Donovan is also a cancer. Yes, and that's why Landon Donovan was never like a marquee captain for any of the important games for Clever Country. Yeah, good point. Even though he had outcapped most of his, you know, teammates and stuff. Um, mine, mine. This this just bothers me, and it really doesn't have that much impact. But it drives me fucking nuts when somebody picks up the ball for a throw-in and what the, they walk like 5, 10, 15 yards forward to throw the ball in. No, you're fucking throwing the ball in where the ball went out of bounds, and that's it. Do you get like one step? Yeah, you can... <laughs> I can see you thinking. You know what? No, you're fucking throwing it where it went out of bounds. It's a, it's a goddamn throw-in. Okay. I, I haven't, you know, I suggested this to you. No, okay, I, 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 okay, sorry. Yeah. Suggested to get rid of the problem, make, and I think, I think this makes it more better. Make every throw in a kick in. Yeah, the, the thing is, kind of like they did an intramural, didn't we do intramural, like, kick-ins? Isn't that what we did? I, I don't, dude, that was a long time ago. Shit. Um, any, yeah, no, that, that, that would solve it. Okay, but a more serious thing I would get rid of is the yellow card accumulation between games. If you get oh, two, yeah, if you get if, in, 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 World Cup specifically, if you get two yellow cards between the first game and the fucking quarterfinal, you are, you, or I think or the round of sixteen, you're suspended a match. If you, Wait, that's, no, if, there's no way. If, if you, if you get, if you get, for me, if you get a yellow card a game, I don't give a fuck. If you get two yellow cards in a game, that's where the suspension comes in play because you just got red carded. I, this yellow card accumulation, they don't, they don't clear until the quarterfinals, I believe, and I think it's two, and you're out. What the fuck? It's horrible. Okay, I agree with you, and I want to add something. Like, the club seasons need to get rid of it. Like, if you play 38 club games and you get 38 yellow cards... As long as it's one a game, as long as it's one a game, then then I don't give a fuck. Because the rule is, you have multiple yellow cards in a game, you get a red card. There's, there is your punishment for yellow cards right there. I will say that the, that... Not exactly aligned, but the logic comes out of a little conflict with your earlier stance that every foul is a dirty play. <laughs> I just had to no, point that they're, out. No, they're dirty play, and they get and the, they get punished by giving up a foul. Okay? Uh, it's an infraction but, against the rules, which is what makes it dirty. Also, okay. in most clubs games now, club seasons, if you get a red card, that's a that's a three game suspension usually now, which is stupid. A red card is just a one game yeah, suspension. It's, it, it, it is getting out of hand. Um, so we went really long. I know this was, uh, I think, an hour and a half episode. But then again, there's just a lot of stuff to talk about. It's World Cup time. We're so excited. We're really happy you guys are listening. Uh, once again, want to plug our uh, our Twitter, um, you know, at Own Goal Pod. Also, reach out to us via email, ownGoalPod at gmail.com. And let us know what you guys think. If you like the podcast, if you if you don't like the podcast, if you like one of us and hate the other, any feedback is good feedback. Uh, I know. Donnie, no, wait, wait. Donnie's, Only if you like me and you. Donnie's hate Eric. looking for <laughs> Donnie's looking for a reason to replace me as a host, anyways. Um, also, if you guys have any friends that that are interested in soccer or might like this podcast, send it out to anybody you can. Uh, we are not very good at the whole getting the podcast out to people. Um, so so help us help us spread uh, it. On that note. 
I want to end with just saying huge shout out to my boy Tony Brown for sharing our podcast on his Facebook. I thought that was really dope. Yeah, Tony. thanks, Tony. You are you're officially a great friend of our podcast. Yeah. So with that, bye. See you.